don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel it. <laughs> if you ain't, you will, because the pressure is coming. Yep, these are strange days indeed. Man, who would have thunk it? But here we are. Here we are. Second day of spring, Saturday, March 21st. The sun's out, the birds are singing, and disease is spreading. <laughs> Man, crazy. Crazy, crazy. But uh, anyway, hope everybody's well. Uh, I've got the solo duty this morning. The girls are sleeping in. Lynette's out hanging in the sun somewhere. Uh just trying to uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do with our day. So got a lot of plans for today. Uh, we actually missed recording yesterday. I uh, had a few things go on that we'll I'll touch on. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's starting to sink in for reals now. Like, we ain't going anywhere. And uh, not even sure how to process that. But we're making the best of it uh, in a variety of ways. So... Um, so anyway, so currently, uh, as has been uh, assumed, uh, numbers are, st- are continuing to climb. Uh, we have just under 300,000 cases worldwide. Uh, currently, there are, I believe, about 2,700 cases. No, I'm sorry. 2,700 new cases in, uh, in the U.S. Uh, with about 22,000 total. Uh, I believe here in California, we're seeing about uh, about 1,200 cases, uh, which is absolutely going to spike here shortly. New York definitely gets the prize, winner, winner, uh, coronavirus dinner, 10,356 cases with 1,900 new as of the last uh, day and a half, I believe, and... Um, that situation's about to blow up, uh, specifically in New York City. So, uh, good luck to y'all. <laughs> Hope you can hold it together. But um, so, yesterday was an interesting day. Uh, it was a Friday, end of the supposed work week, and uh, you know it's a routine for myself and several of my friends to get together for beers on Friday at about three thirty, four o'clock. Uh, we'll all congregate at Moonraker or Crooked Lane or uh, Poor Choice or we, you know, there's a new place called The Station, uh, which is a fun little tap house. But, uh, you know, that's not possible anymore. So what do we do? Well, we, we hooked up a virtual happy hour. And I got to tell you, it was kind of amazing. Uh, there were only four of us on it. Uh, some others had some things going on, but, um, you know, once the conversation got a little lubricated as, as always happens with our crew, uh, it was amazing. Uh, something that I should have recorded. Um, I felt like I was right there with them. Uh, so, you know, in these, in these challenging times, there's always way arounds. And I think we found a super cool way around so, uh, you know, we talked for maybe an hour and a half, something like that, had some beers, had a shot of tequila, um, you know, and, and uh, one of my good friends said uh, afterwards, you know, I really needed that connection. And so we think so often of in-person 
connections as being kind of the most meaningful and, and perhaps they are, but, uh, we all felt a deep connection in that call. So, uh, again, new, new normals, <laughs> new things happening. So anyway, um, and then last night we decided, and we're going to keep doing this. Uh, we only did it with a couple folks, but, um, we're just going to start calling people, uh, in the evenings. We figure, um, everybody's at home, <laughs> which we know for sure. And, uh, so we called up, uh, we called up my dad talked with him for a little while. Uh, we called up uh, Ann and Olivier over in uh, Marin County and chatted with them for a little while. Uh, then we had the, had the luxury of speaking with uh, Jim and Christine uh, at their house in uh, Geyserville. Uh, so it was just super cool. You know, just I, I'm not a phone person and neither is neither is Nettie. So, you know, this is kind of forcing us to think a little bit different about how to keep connected with our friends. And, and you know, who knows? We might we might speak more often with our friends now uh, than we did before. Uh, typically with Anne and Olivier or Jim and Christine, you know, we'll see them. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, maybe two, two times a year, three times a year at the most, uh, which kind of sucks. Uh, so anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where that goes, but, um, uh, be on the lookout for a phone call from us and answer your goddamn phone. You know, these are different times that, uh, so, uh, going forward, we got, um, we're starting to plan for our new garden. Uh, every year, last several years, I've just, uh, you know, kind of kicked that can down the road, thought I was too busy. Well, we, we were too busy, but, um, with the abundance of time and, uh, being hunkered down at home, uh, it's time to start growing our own food again. So got some oak trees. I got to figure out how to wrestle with, um, uh, our previous uh, location where we've gardened for years is just too acidic now because of the oak trees and there's a pine tree above it. So I've got to find a new location, figure out what we're going to grow, run some irrigation, uh, but trying to keep it simple. So, uh, because who knows where this is going, you know, we're all so dependent upon grocery stores and they'll probably remain fairly stocked for a while. But if there are substantial disruptions to the supply chain, you just don't know what that's going to look like. So, um, figure at the least we can have a little bit of extra food, uh, that we produce ourselves. So, so that'll be cool. And then from the fitness standpoint, we're about to pimp out our little guest house and turn it into uh, a badass gym. So we're going to go borrow some um, some equipment from Raw Fit, uh, which is kind of operating like a lending library right now. Uh, so we're going to go grab maybe some medicine balls, a couple dumbbells, maybe a rowing machine, uh, and hopefully a kettlebell or two, and uh, see what we can do, you know? Um, if my wife doesn't work out, she's going to go batshit crazy. So uh, this is more about us maintaining um, our sanity uh, or her sanity specifically. Um, but uh, anyway, and then yesterday, Lynette and Abby went on a couple mile run uh, after work uh, to kind of blow off some steam. So that was cool. But uh, but unfortunately, the kettle started to really steam and hiss and uh, blew up for us last night. You know, it was interesting. We uh, we had a little bit of a scrap, uh, which I think is 
either is the norm or is going to become, I don't want to say the norm, but is going to become a factor in most households as this pressure starts to build, um, you know, as the saying goes, pressure busts a pipe. And last night we experienced that, you know, me being a little immature bitch sometimes. Uh, Abby wanted to go up to the store to get some Takis. Uh, and I kind of snapped at her at that, you know, that a reality, that reality doesn't exist at this time. Um, I think I, what I said was that, that reality, that mindset is dead. Uh, not necessarily the most appropriate thing to say to a 13 year old girl, but, um, yeah. And then she kind of freaked out because I connected her going to the store with, you know, possibly contracting of the virus and then giving it to other people. And, you know, so I took it to the extreme and, and, uh, Lynette didn't take too kindly to that. And, and then the shit subsequently hit the fan and, and, uh, we had so total social breakdown in the house. So, but, you know, in hindsight, I look back and I go, I got to calm the fuck down. And, you know, we all have to just, just love a lot more, calm down, shut up, listen to each other, um, and just be patient. I think that's I think that's it. That's the one, you know, it's just being patient with the situations, patient with ourselves, patient with those that we love, patient with society. Because um, what else we got? <laughs> we don't really have a choice. So you got two options, stress the fuck out or chill the fuck out. And I'm, we're going to try to go with the latter, but, um, and then lastly for me, um, had some conversations with some folks I'm connected with in the education world, a good friend that works for big picture learning. And we started talking about, you know, just this, uh, the trauma that's, that's being experienced across, you know, every segment of society, but specifically in education where teachers have been asked with in in some cases with like a day or two notice to completely transition to a relatively foreign form of teaching um, to carry some water that we've never carried before. For myself and my colleagues, we're kind of predisposed to um, customizing um, or personalizing the educational experience of our students. So we're able to do this a little bit more effectively most teachers are, you know, they teach, they teach to the middle. There's more of a cookie cutter approach. They have a singular curriculum um, that theoretically is designed for all students. Uh, so when you apply that in a virtual world without the love and relationships that we have to kind of leverage to get students to dive into work, uh, it becomes very challenging. And we have really what's going to come down to an equity issue where, uh, students that are of lower means either don't have Wi-Fi access, don't have the right devices, um, and then you have kids that simply struggle to understand what's expected of them or what assignments are looking like. And then you really have kind of a branching off of, uh, you know, maybe say 20, 30 percent of students that are going to get left behind. Uh, so then we have a system that's that's emerging that caters to um, the kind of higher performing student. And, you know, that's just wrong. Uh, we, we can't have that. So anyway, to the point, um, my uh, friend and I started talking about how do we develop, uh, some support groups? Uh, how do we develop, uh, some strategy teams, 
to start to reach out nationwide to our network, which is called Big Picture Learning, um, and first designing systems that help teachers take care of themselves, uh, or advisors as we call them, um, and then two, how to resurrect these strong communities that we've created in our classrooms and in our schools, but in a virtual sense. Uh, I'm not sure anybody has done that well uh, in an equitable manner. So we're, we're, we're going to dive into this, uh, putting together a call on uh, Monday with folks, uh, about 10 people nationwide, um, I'm hoping. Uh, and uh, we'll see what we can start to conjure up because right now there is no playbook for what we're doing. There's no playbook for anything that's happening in society right now. Um, but, you know, I always gravitate towards uh, the well-being of our young people and how, they, how they're able to um, navigate uh, what's going on around them. So um, anyway, that's kind, of, that's kind of what we have going on here. Going to try to get out on a bike ride today. That is one of the, uh, the few recreational activities that... Um, that are permitted by our government, and I am one that will listen to every word of our government. Um, those that know me know that to be true. Uh, but anyway, going to pedal, clear the head a little bit, and uh, see what the day brings. So we'll be checking back a little bit later. Hopefully we'll have our senior statesman uh, come by for a little bit of food and maybe a little interview. Uh, probably get the girls to jump on a little bit later. Uh, maybe hear from uh, Nettie in terms of what's going on in her world. And um, it, back to the phone calls, not only might we be calling you just to check in and say what's up, some of you we're going to want to actually interview for our, uh, our primary source document that we're creating here. Um, and uh, just to get your take on what's going on around you. So anyway, that's all. 9.45 Saturday morning, March 21st, second day of spring. We'll be back at you soon. Later.